This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So you know I'm reading The Fire Next Time, the great piece of work by James Baldwin. And I'm reading it slowly, and I'm processing as I go along. Uh, I was an English major in college at Drew University, but I didn't really engage in a way that I wish I had. But also, I don't think that there were enough professors that could engage me in a way to awaken things in me because it was a university predominantly white with predominantly white teachers. And not that a white teacher can't uh, tap into the soul of a black student or any student for that matter, but I think when we talk about the Toni Morrisons or the Zora Neale Hurstons or the, the Alice Walkers or the Maya Angelos or the James Baldwins or the, the Richard Wrights, you should have some cultural understanding and not something that you read something in your DNA that informs you to be able to take it forward. And so pretty much in the realm, in this realm, I'm autodidactic and I've had uh, a lot of time spent with works outside of the classroom that I've then had to bang up against other people's minds to try to figure out, you know, where I land on these things. And this is for discussion. So I suggest that everyone pick up this book, the fire next time, but pick it up with somebody or somebody's. Maybe have a book club where you guys talk about it and let it be minds in a room that are different from yours, but equally as powerful. Because I think a lot of times we don't surround ourselves with the people that will help us get to the next place. And let me just be clear about that. We need people to get to the next place. But a lot of us punch down and a lot of us surround ourselves with people that make us feel smart or people that make us feel good about ourselves. But the reality is if you're uncomfortable, that's a good place to be because that's the start of change. And so I challenge you to find greater minds than you. I challenge you to go out and ask questions uh, and not feel dumb. And I challenge you to do better. A lot of this material I work out on the radio as well at SiriusXM when I'm on because I'm expecting that everybody that I bring into that show has some knowledge that I don't have. So let me just say that again. I bring people on the show that I know are smarter than me in other areas because I'm there to learn as well as to teach because that should be the role of all of us, right? What you receive, you should give, and what you don't have, you should seek after. And that makes you complete. So I wanted to spend a little time, last time I talked about God as it related to James Baldwin, and he was struggling through it. And I love watching it because we all should struggle through finding out our own truth and our own purpose and the meaning of life. So he talks about life, life being tragic. He says life is tragic simply because the earth turns and the sun inexorably rises and sets. And one day for each of us, the sun will go down for the last, last time. And he's talking about death. And I don't know if many of us contemplate death. And I don't think we should contemplate it every day. But in contemplating that we will not be here one day, and that is a fact, it kind of pushes you into living each day, right? Not, not taking it for granted, not spending time doing frivolous things. Now, there's, there's time for frivolity. There's time for frivolity, and there's time for play, and there's a time for everything. But I think a lot of us waste a lot of our God-given breath doing things that are not beneficial. And the time is short, as Baldwin says. The sun will go down for the last, last time. And he says, uh, he writes, perhaps the whole root of our trouble 
The human trouble is that we will sacrifice all the beauty of our lives, will imprison ourselves in totems, taboos, crosses, blood sacrifices, steeples, mosques, races, armies, flags, nations, in order to deny the fact of death. I said, damn. So people run to things. People run to things to not contemplate their own death or life because that's really what it's about, right? So if you could wrap yourself in your flag, if you could wrap yourself in your race, ah, I'm, I'm black and I'm proud or I'm white and I'm the best or, or your, your totems, your taboos, your blood sacrifices, your religion, your crosses and your mosques. If you, if you can do that, then you don't really have to have, have a choice, right? You don't really have to put any time or effort into yourself. You don't really have to challenge and question your very being because it's done for you. But how lazy a life is that? How lazy are you in that? And I'm not saying people shouldn't honor their God and people shouldn't be proud of their race, but what are you if it's taken away? And when you close your eyes for the last time, when that sun sets for the last, last time, who were you? Because you weren't your religion or your race or your gender or your family. You're you. And if you didn't spend your time on earth figuring that out, what a waste. So he goes on and he says, um, it seems to me that one ought to rejoice in the fact of death or to decide indeed to earn one's death by confronting with passion the conundrum of life. One is responsible to life. It is the small beacon in that terrifying darkness from which we come and to which we shall return. And he says, one must negotiate this passage as nobly as possible for the sake of those who are coming after us. Then he says something. And I was like, mm. but white Americans do not believe in death. And this is why the darkness of my skin so intimidates them. And this is also why the presence of the Negro in this country can bring about its destruction. It is the responsibility of free men to trust and to celebrate what is constant. Birth, struggle, and death are constant, and so is love, though we may not always think so. And to apprehend the nature of change, to be able and willing to change. Boom. All right. I'm going to put this white thing to the side for a second because I think... Um, as I mentioned, because there's, there's not a contradiction in, in what he's saying in terms of people clinging to this, but he brings it up. And I talk about race quite frequently because, again, it's a made-up construct that unfortunately has um, charted the, tra the trajectory of too many lives in a negative way, right? Because there's race, there's racism. Because there's race, there's a way to denigrate people and to, to always put them in a lower caste. Because there's race, there's a way to separate ourselves from one another. Because there's race, there is, there is horror and terror and, and, and all manner of disrespect, right? So if we can eliminate that, the notion of race, then maybe people would then have to, ooh, work on themselves. Ooh, ooh, oh, wait a minute, I see why there's race. And the juxtaposition of the whiteness to the blackness is the thing that we're constantly battling. So Baldwin's not ever going to move away from that. And I appreciate him for those words. But as it relates to us individually, because I don't care really what your race is, quote unquote. I don't care what you ascribe to uh, as a human being as far as whether you're white or black or other, whatever the hell that is, right? But I want, I think what we can come to a common agreement on is that we're all people. 
right? If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a human being. And if we can start with that very simple connection and then make our way over to where he goes to, which is love, which is which never changes. Love never fails, right? And focus on what that is and what it means. And every day walk into your life first with the purpose of understanding that my job is to find out why I'm here. My job is to be a full, complete human being. And that means that I have to work on myself daily. But also I got to love. I got to put love into the universe. And what does that look like? Because a lot of us are bitter with our arms folded over our chest, angry at, at the state of life that we find ourselves in and not really understanding that we have the power to remove ourselves from that state that we're in, that we have the power to walk into a different kind of life just by making simple choices. But to make those choices means that we have to claim our own power. And the purpose of this podcast, which I'm going to actually be winding down because I feel as if I have done almost 200 of these now. And in these 200 podcasts, there's been a constant theme uh, and even in the ones that I share from from previous interviews that I've done and things like that, there's been a constant theme because there's a constant desire of mine. I want people to be better and I want them to be their best selves. I don't want a single soul to waste their time here, to waste their time because life is precious. And we all have an opportunity to do something tremendous. And I'm not saying everybody listening to my voice is going to be uh, Harriet Tubman or Martin Luther King or somebody great. But you can be great in your own time, in your own space, doing something that no one even knows that you're doing. Because that's really the greatness. And I will argue that, you know, while we know about Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King and Malcolm and others, the things that we don't know were probably far greater than the things that we know. Because that's the truth. You know, most of us live our lives in shadows and doing things for people and for ourselves that people will never know about. And that's really um, precious, actually. That's the gift, what we leave behind, you know. And this is what Baldwin is basically saying. It's not what your life is now. It's what your life is now that's going to impact tomorrow. I just uh, started on YouTube now. I have a YouTube channel. You can go to Karen Hunter Show and subscribe to it. But what's been um, interesting about YouTube are the comments <laughs> and and how people engage in, a, in such a very toxic outward way, you know, very complaining, very uh, hurtful, actually very bitter way. It is one of the most toxic spaces I've ever seen. And I'm on Twitter, but I've sanitized my Twitter space, as I've mentioned before. And you can follow me at Karen Hunter. It's a pleasant Twitter experience because I block people that come with nonsense. But I've decided not to do that on YouTube because what I'm finding is that people are not happy with themselves. So they have to go into the comments with their cowardly ways, with their negativity, because they don't have anything that they're doing in their own lives. Because who has time to comment on something? So I check people and I check somebody and I was like, I addressed that in this video. And the person at least had enough uh, integrity to say, you know what? I didn't watch the whole thing and you did address it. And I apologize because I didn't watch the whole thing. People, I, and I said, you're commenting on a clip. This clip was two minutes. How do you judge a person off of a two minute clip? Have you even listened to a show? No, I haven't. I don't listen to your show because this is not. I'm like, so you haven't listened to a single show, let alone because my show is is an acquired taste. So you really have to listen to it for 30 days. And it's not even about me. It's about what what I bring in the people, in the topics. That Karen Hunter show is not about Karen Hunter. It's about you. 
So if you can spend 30 days on that show and you can come back and still have a comment or I dare you to call, now that's really saying something. I'm good for the criticism. But do your work first. Don't be lazy and comment on a two-minute clip. Don't be lazy and just comment before you even watch the whole damn clip and you're wrong. But what I'm saying is most of us look outward. So we're looking to blame and we're looking to criticize and we're looking to be negative as opposed to looking inward and saying to ourselves, what am I contributing? What am I doing with this little bit of time on this earth? And it's a short period of time in the annals of time. If you get a good hundred years, you're still a baby in the world with the billions and billions of years that this world has been rotating. So what are you doing with your little bit of time here? And how much of you are you wasting on things that aren't improving yourself, but more importantly, improving the world around you. If you don't like something, change yourself. If you don't like the way things are moving, do something to fix it. You have the power to do that. So I just wanted to say, first of all, get the fire next time. James Baldwin is dope. But remember that the contemplation of death, which you must every day, because the sun will, 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 will set for the last, last time, as Baldwin said. What are you doing during the time that is is rising? What are you doing to rise? All right, let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Use the hashtag podcast so I can search for your comments. And I appreciate uh, the support and I appreciate the feedback I do. And I even appreciate the the um, constructive criticism because I am working on myself. Um, and share this with 10 people. Go out and let people know if you've been fed by any of these 200 podcasts that I've done almost. Let them know uh, to go check them out themselves. I appreciate you. Till next time.